I'm Olympic and world champion diver, Laura Wilkinson, and this is the Pursuit of Gold podcast. Each week, we are unlocking the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual tools that help athletes reach their biggest goals in sports. It's that time of year that so many people have been waiting for. Football season is officially here. So I thought it was the perfect time to bring a two-time Super Bowl champion onto the Pursuit of Gold podcast. Tory James played 11 seasons in the NFL. He won two Super Bowls with the Denver Broncos, but instead of just sitting on his laurels and retiring, he was determined to keep improving. Toward the end of his lengthy career in a physically brutal sport is when he actually began to peak, earning a spot in the AFC Pro Bowl. That year, he ranked second in the NFL with a career-high eight interceptions. In our conversation, Tori walks us through the differences between football at the high school, collegiate, and professional level, how an injury was both his worst moment and biggest blessing, and how his mindset directed his success. What struck me while talking with Tori was his overwhelming gratitude and the purpose that continued to drive him throughout his years in football and his absolutely unwavering belief. Before we jump into this episode, I want to tell you about my new book, Life at 10 Meters, Lessons from an Olympic Champion. It's not an autobiography, but rather some important lessons I've learned from my days in diving. It's a quick read, but packed with powerful messages that are relatable both in sports and life. From tweens to adults, everyone will benefit from this read. I would even encourage parents to read it with your kids as it'll provide these great discussions on how you can face and overcome challenges in your life. If you'd like an autographed copy, just head on over to laurawilkinson.com slash book. Make sure to fill out the little box telling me who you want me to sign it to. That's laurawilkinson.com slash book. Or you can grab a copy of Life at 10 Meters on Amazon in paperback or ebook. Just search Life at 10 Meters in the Amazon search bar, or you can just click the direct link right here in the show notes. If you're enjoying the Pursuit of Gold podcast, be sure to hit that subscribe button, which on Apple Podcasts, I learned now is a little plus sign in the upper right-hand corner that says follow and give us a five-star rating and review. If you're loving the show, make sure you're sharing your favorite episodes with your friends. They will love you for it. All right. I believe that there's gold in your future. So let's dive on into this episode. Tori James, welcome to the Pursuit of Gold podcast. I am so excited you're here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited myself. (laughs) Well, like we were talking about earlier, I know you and my husband have been chatting it up sometime at the gym, and I'm really intrigued to hear your story and pick your brain today. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I love talking to him. Um, We was at the gym and he was asking me, like, "What, what are you doing right now with your time? And I was like, man, I'm just developing my mind, you know, something I feel like I've been working on ever since I was a kid. And um, I told him that and we just got to talking and um, talking about you and, you know, how awesome you are. So, <laughs> Well, thanks. Well, I love the mental game. Well, we'll definitely get into mindset and all that because that, I know that's uh, a big part of who you are and how you operate and me too. So I know we're going to totally get into that in a little bit. But first, like when guests come on this show, normally I love to get their backstory. Like some athletes find their sport when they're like a toddler and they never look back. Other athletes I've talked to haven't found their sport till they were like 30. So what's your story? Like, how did you get started in sports and how did that lead you to football? I love sports. I loved all sports. And I would go from one sport to another. Basketball was my favorite. I thought I was going to be the next Michael Jordan. (laughs) Um, I would just play 
if there's a basketball hoop, I'm playing. If I'm on my way to church, I'm stopping playing basketball. I used to play with my friend and we'd be in the backyard. And after we play, I just sit down and me and him sit down and I just start dreaming about like what I'm going to do. I'm going to get drafted, this and that. So long story short, um, getting ready to go to high school, I had a friend and he was like, hey, man, what high school are you going to? So I'm like, I'm going to the, the high school in our, our division on uh, this neighborhood supposed to go to. And he was like, well, I'm going to this private high school, Archbishop Shaw. It's a private school. And something just clicked in my head right there. Man, I could go to this private school, play basketball. And I had all them dreams that I used to talk about with my friend. And I, I don't know, for some reason, I thought if I go to this school, that would lead me to my dreams of playing basketball. So I went, asked my uh, mom, my dad, if I could go, the next thing you know, I'm in a uh, meeting at this school. They accepted me in. All I knew, it was a private school. So I get to the school. It's all boys. It's priests walking around the campus. Oh, wow. Uh, you weren't prepared yes, live on that? The, <laughs> yes, they live on the campus. All boys, no girls. I'm like, whoa, what did I get myself into? <laughs> you know, but um, from there, playing basketball, the football coach uh, came up to me and he was like, I know you think you're going to be the next Michael Jordan, but he was like, there's a million basketball players taller than you, could shoot better than you. I mean, he just laid it on me. <laughs> and I was like, wow. But he was like, in football, there's nobody like you. So it hurts so bad. It hurts still to this day because I still like basketball over football, but I was always good at football. So I took his, his, his uh, advice and I started playing football. And from there, it just it just took off without me even knowing it. I had so much fun. Uh, I remember me and a teammate would be doing drills and a coach looked at us and he was like, hey, if y'all keep improving, you guys will be playing on Sundays. And I was like, what does that mean, Sundays? And my friend was like, the NFL, man, that's what he's talking about. So it's like from that point on, I was like, I can do this. So I would watch NFL games and I would see guys like drop passes. And I'm like, I can do that. Like, how did he drop this pass? This is a professional. <laughs> I never drop passes. So from that moment, I just, I put myself, I like lived in the end. Like I'm in high school, but I lived, lived it like I was already in, a, in the NFL. I felt it and I had like the, the backing from the coach and I just mm -hmm. never lost that feeling. And um, I think to me, feeling was the secret that I've already accomplished it. And I was, I don't know how, but I was able to keep that feeling and hold on to it and maintain it no matter what happened to me, the ups and downs. I had so many people telling me I couldn't do it. Uh, I had coaches telling me I was too slow. I was too skinny. I was too this or too that. But they don't know. Like, I dreamed about this so much till it, it, it just became real to me. And uh, I blocked all of that out. And I just just had fun. And it all just happened. Like, really, without me doing anything, just having fun. Um, well, so I want to I ask you some questions. I love this. I feel like our story is very similar in a lot of ways because gymnastics was my first love. And I remember dreaming with my friend how we were going to go to the Olympics in gymnastics and we were going to do all these things. And then there came a time where I realized I wasn't going to be as good of a gymnast as I was dreaming, but I still wanted to go to the Olympics. So I pursued other sports. But along the way, people were telling me, no, you're too tall. You're too old. You're too this. You're too that. You know, but I had one coach that believed in me. So I want to hear from you. 
Why did you choose to listen to that one coach that told you there's nobody else like you and you're made for this versus all those other people who told you no? I mean, like I was, I just, I was a dreamer since I could always remember. And I'm the type of person that like to be alone because uh, it's like when I'm around a crowd, I feel like I'm alone. But when I'm by myself, I don't feel like that because I live inside in my head. And I, I mean, I do everything perfect in my mind, you know? So when I'm helping little kids, I tell them, see it in your mind. You do it perfect in your mind and over and over again till it becomes you and it becomes natural. But the reason I believe that coach is because he was just so honest with me. He, he looked me in the eyes and told me, I know you think you're going to be the next Michael Jordan because I was pretty good when I was young and I was still developing, but he like saw a future that I didn't even look at yet. And I'm like, golly, you know, he's right. And going out to, to like try out for the team, I go out there and the coaches were just throwing like bombs to me. And as soon as they throw the ball, they're putting their hands up like it's a touchdown. And I'm catching the ball with one hand and I'm doing all this. It was natural to me. Football was easy. So I leave the field and players that was already on the team was like, hey, man, how do you know how to do that? And I, I laughed. I looked at him and I said, everybody in my neighborhood know how to do this or you won't be able to play. <laughs> but I was just the one that, I don't know, for whatever reason, I gave up basketball, which still to this day, it hurts me. Because after I got drafted in the NFL, I come back home and people see me and they're like, what you doing, friends? And I'm like, oh, I play ball now. And he's like, what? Who you play basketball for? So nobody would ever in a million years think I played uh, football because I was the like the, the skinny kid that my mom, <laughs> yeah, my mom didn't let me play football. So I would sneak and play football because the coach lived like my uh, coach for the, for the park. He lived right down the street and he would always for years try to get me to play football. He said, Tori, man, you run like the wind. So I, I want you to come play for me. So when I finally started playing for him, he was like, you run, you run, you run, uh, run like the wind because you're so skinny and the wind just pushes you. you know? So I was always laughed at about how skinny I was and like, how could you play football with them legs? So I guess when I was young, my mom, I don't know, for whatever reason, didn't want me to get hurt or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I would sneak and go play and I would come back home late. And all my, my brothers and sisters would be waiting at the house because they know what's happening. I'm getting a whipping. <laughs> my mom would whip me. Every night after I come home from um, playing football. But I loved it so much that I forgot about it the next day. And the only time I knew I was in trouble is when I'm walking in the door and my brother right there laughing at me saying, you know, you're about to get it again. But I took that, you know, for all those years because I loved playing so much and I had such a good time with friends and making plays. And even when I was young, I didn't know what it was. But I know you know what this is, like being in a zone. Mm -hmm. I just love that's like was the best feeling in the world. And I could only get that feeling from playing sports. And it gave me a feeling that I just I, I don't I just couldn't live without it. And I would go through anything and take the weapons that my mom gave me or whatever. <laughs> but it was so funny, like after I make the I get drafted, I'm like, Mom, you know, you used to whip me a lot. <laughs> when when she did looked, she I was gonna say, when did she stop? <laughs> oh, she she stopped when I got like I start learning to like Oh, I could just use my arm, my forearm, and start 
blocking this this belt that she was using. <laughs> and it was almost like I got to the point like I was like Neo in the Matrix, wherever she swing, my arm will go and block the belt. And I guess she got to a point like it's not affecting him anymore. And she just stopped and she just let me go on. And she, you know, afterwards she became my biggest fan. But uh, I was like, Ma, you saw she with me a lot. And she Maybe was she like, was just trying to toughen you up because she knew how hard football would be on your. On your no, that's what I believe. <laughs> and she just looked at me with a straight face and she was like, look where it got you. <laughs> and I almost broke down crying when she said it, you know. But um, yes, it did toughen me up. For the the mental like stuff you got to go through with football, like you can't do it, and for that for whatever reason, people put their fears on you, mm-hmm. and I just I just never let it affect me because I wanted to, I I was doing it for a different reason for my brothers, my my family, for my mom. Like I used to talk to my friend every day, like I'm gonna buy my mom a house, I'm gonna get drafted, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. Like every day I used to tell him that because every day I was in my head dreaming and it was like I put myself there. I was really living and feeling these feelings and really doing it. So when I grow, I get older, I come back. I'm, I'm my, maybe my first year in the NFL. I see him at a, at a uh, place, me and my brother going and we walk in the door and my brother's like, Tori, why is this guy looking at you like he's seeing a ghost? So I go over there. And it's my friend. I used to play basketball with him, tell him all my dreams. He looked at me and I saw the look in his eyes. He was like, man, everything you told me you was going to do when you was a kid, you did it. And right there, I was like, man, he's right. So I, from that point, I was trying to, I don't know, use that, you know, that uh, unlimited potential that's in our mind to like kind of manifest and see the things I want to do before I do them. And I, I, I got pretty good at it. I must admit, but, um, and I'm still, that's what I was telling your husband. That's what I'm working on now to develop my mind. Cause your mind controls everything, you know? Yeah. I love that one. I love how you pointed out too, that like pe- other people will put their fears on you. I think that's really important for us to remember because people will, you're always going to have people that tell you, you can't, you won't, you shouldn't, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket because other people have these fears and they, they try to project them onto you. They're trying with good intentions, I'm sure, to protect us. But in a lot of times, all they're doing is actually trying to pass on their fears to us and we don't have to accept that. So I, I love that you pointed that out. You're right. Because my high school was a, is a private school. You have to pay. I'm sure guys were getting like scholarships to go there or whatever, but I didn't. I, I went and like my neighborhood, they were like telling me, like, tell your mom she's wasting her money. You're not going to do anything. You're not going to go anywhere. It's a waste of time. And I felt bad for them, not for me. I'm like, I put this in my mind, a goal that I want to do and I'm going to try. I'm going to go after it no matter what it takes. And, and they, they was just so scared, I guess. I don't know why. So when I come back after it's all said and done, the same people I'm home now I've made it. I did something that you said I couldn't do the same people. They're down the street and I hear them and they're like, Tori, Tori. And I remember back when I was a kid, all the, the negative stuff they were saying and something just told me to ignore them. and just like, they're out of my life. But I hear this guy in the background say, Tori, we love you. I'm about to pull off. <laughs> and it touched me so much. I backed up and I just went and embraced everybody. And like the, the whole neighborhood came together. They were so proud of me. And I realized 
it just it's, it's what it was. Like if I would have failed, then they would have been like, oh, we told you you, was, you wasn't going to do it. But since I made it, they had to jump on that side. But I knew as a young kid that they were doing it out of fear, you know? Yeah. And it wasn't nothing wrong with it. So uh, I'm glad that God, that one guy I heard him say, I love you. And that just <laughs> changed it all for me right there. Well, that's cool. And I think you you probably changed their entire outlook on how they saw the world. And I think that's that's huge. You know what I mean? Like to change somebody's like complete view of how they see the world and how things work. And you just kind of blew that apart into a very inspiring way that like now there's no ceiling for them. Now they understand that people can do these amazing things. I think that's awesome. And we'll probably go down generations, you know? I think that's really, really cool. I want to get to, okay, so you played at this private school. There were all these doubts, but you were dreaming. You had these big dreams. What was it like, you know, going from high school into college ball? Because you played at LSU, right? Yep. Yeah, what was that transition like? I mean, this might sound crazy, but I did not know. Like, I guess my mom just raised us and kept, kept us close to home. So I was naive about a lot of different things. So... I used to watch NFL, but I'm like, as a kid, I'm like, where do these guys come from? Like, what, who are, are they real? I didn't know it was a process, <laughs> high school, college. I didn't know it was anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm in high school and a coach is just like, hey, Tori, name five schools you want to go to. And I'm like, five schools, colleges? And I'm like naming all these big schools because they will come and get everybody out of my school every year. And I'm like, this is how it works? So. I get into college and I'm sitting in there and I'm looking at all these guys. One guy next to me, one of his thighs is bigger than both of my thighs. Like, <laughs> how am I going to play against all these guys? You know, it's, it's, it was crazy. But it was just in a, one little small adjustment from college, from, from high school to college. Like football, like you come out of your back pedal to make a play. Mm-hmm. In high school, they would have us put our hands down. In college, you didn't have time to do that. The time and everything sped up. So you didn't have time to put your hand down. You, you had time to just hurry up and get out of that, that back pedal. You had to make that adjustment. And the college players that can make that adjustment, because everybody's talented. It's just that adjustment from high school to college. Everything's going to be that much faster and quicker. And I picked it up real fast because uh i get you know i played with some good competition in the catholic league in new orleans that was probably the best football uh that they were and i played against them guys and a lot of those guys i played against i saw them in college so it was just making that adjustment uh a little small minor adjustment that's really hard to make but you have to catch it and so how did that lead you into the draft? Like, tell, t- kind of walk me through, like, college to the draft and actually realizing that you could be in the NFL. Well, it's funny. Like, my first day of practice, uh, we were on a bus. You know, we have to get on a bus and go to our practice facility. So I get on a bus. And here, here it is again, all these big, big, swole guys. <laughs> and I'm probably like 100. I'm like 6'2", probably 100 and maybe 70 pounds up that with skinny <laughs> legs. And um, I'm on a bus riding over to practice and a guy looked at me and two guys looked at me and said, Hey man, are you a walk on? And I kind of like laugh because I'm used to coaches telling me this and everybody teasing me about being skinny. So I kind of laugh. I said, no, I'm not a walk on. So we get to the practice and in my mind, I'm already seen it. I'm like, 
I'm going to go to this practice and I'm going to show these guys what's up and I'm going to come back and blah, blah, blah. I go to practice. After practice over, everybody on the bus. Tory going to the NFL, man. This dude is so good. He's just... So right there, I knew if I could prove to these guys. So I, I knew I had it from the first beginning. And um, after that practice, the coach was like, hey, you know, uh, only like 2% of guys make it to the of college players make it to the NFL, and out of the 2%, only this many uh, last over three years. So I'm on my knees. Yeah, isn't the average like NFL lifespan like 18 months or something? It's, it's crazy. So short. Uh, they, they, they say NFL stands for not for long, <laughs> believe it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm on my knee, and I'm, I'm looking around. It's over like 100 players there, and I'm like, I don't know about these guys, but I know I'm in that 2%. It's like I just... I just knew it. And by me knowing it, I just put it all to the side and I just had fun and played football. But I knew it, but I had to see it to believe it. Like they had to call my name and say, whatever this draft pick towards, they had to do that. But in my heart, I believed it, but I had to hear them call my name for me to really actually, you know, like, okay, this is really happening. But as a feeling, I've always had that feeling. I've carried that feeling since I was a, a little kid, you know what I'm saying? Because it was, it was something more. It was like, I want to do this for my family, my brothers, the ones that didn't play. I want to make them proud. I like seeing my family happy. I love my family and all the stuff that my mom, the things, the stuff that she went through to, to raise us. I was just like, it was more than for me. It was for them. And uh, yeah, then put our name on a map and just, you know, have, have a good feeling. And, and it brought good feelings to the neighborhood. You know, we went Super Bowls. Guys come to the house. We got another Super Bowl in the neighborhood. <laughs> it just felt good. You know, I go home. It's like they roll out the red carpet. But I'm like, man, I'm Tory. What are y'all doing? Like, stop. Stop acting like that. But it, it, it just made everything and everybody around me happy. And that's like the... The joy when I think about playing football, how it made people feel. And and like you were saying earlier, like you can do this. And I've talked to younger guys in the gym and I'm like, hey, man, look at me, bro. You're you're in better shape than me right now. And I played and you're in high school. And the next thing you know, I'm watching an NFL game and I'm looking at the guy I talked to. I'm like, whoa, like I wish somebody would have did that to me. So I look back and all the things that I say, oh, this would have helped me out a lot. And I try to like give that back to uh, kids or whoever, you know? Well, I love that because I think, yeah, the power of just having one person believe in you, like that one coach when everybody else is saying no, it makes a huge difference. And I love that you're doing that. I love that you're talking about how your purpose is so beyond yourself too. Like when you have purpose, it just allows you to do something phenomenal that if it's just about you getting something, you know, you might be pretty good, but when you have purpose beyond yourself, it just tends to allow you to go to that next level, you know, and and your unwavering belief you keep talking about like that just, you're so steadfast in your belief that you could do this. Um, I, I just, I love that. I love where you're going with that. So, all right, you get into the NFL now and it's real, you know, you're pinching yourself. You're really here. Oh my goodness. How was that different from college ball? I'm a okay. The NFL was like this. Like at first, I'm still telling. Even in college, I don't even know if these guys are real or not. I see them on TV, <laughs> and they're just they look like big robots, and it's it's just crazy. So I get in the locker room in Denver. The first person I saw was Steve Atwater. I'm like, what the? And he's walking right up to me. 
and he's looked like a, a, a big mountain or something. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, I'm quiet, you know, because I know to be quiet, huh? you know. He was like, what's up, Tori? Welcome to the team. I was like, whoa, this is Steve Atwater. Right behind him, John Elway, <laughs> smiling with the biggest smile on his face. What's up, Tori? Welcome to the team. Wow. These guys accepted me right there. I fit in. It was crazy. But I'm, I'm feeling like this little kid just out of college, still skinny. Probably at this point, I'm probably like 187 pounds. Beefing, beefing up now. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking at these guys with big beards, with kids, like grown kids, children. I'm like, what is going on? This is grown men. Like, I'm not used to this. So the whole thing, like just grown men and, you know, you have to be responsible. And I, I, it was just, it was so crazy. But the good thing, I had players like Steve Atwater that basically raised me, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. On and off the field. And I, I would always, I'll always love him for that. And he taught me how to handle young kids coming in, you know, to kind of make it easy on them because it could be tough and overwhelming, you know, but it was awesome. It was just like a, a dream that I dreamed. And here I am. I felt like I'm a fan. I always was a fan of the sports and in the game. And here I am. I'm in it. And it was just hard. It, it was crazy. Like, I know I had this friend and I gave him a picture of me, like making a player interception or something. And it was in his house. And I went to his house and I'm just looking at this picture and I'm stuck on this picture. In my mind, I'm like, oh, look at that guy. He's in the NFL. It's amazing. He's getting a pick. (laughs) And the guy looked at me. He was like, Tori, what are you doing? And I said, oh, man, I just said, why are you looking at that picture like that? I'm like, that's not me. I know it's me, but it's not me. And it was just like a weird feeling, like the guy, the football player, me, like a character that somehow I made up. And now this... He's real. I dreamed him and he's real, but I'm playing him. But when I'm off the field, it was like me and that guy were different people. And it's just it's something it's weird, but um took a little getting used to. Well, well I was gonna ask you, because like, you know, I mean in college there's a little bit of a difference too, um, because you're kind of playing for the team, there's a little more responsibility there, but now you're getting paid like big bucks to be in the NFL. Is it still fun at that point? Or is there a weird transition when you become a really professional athlete like that? It is. It was, it was so weird that I'm getting paid for this. It's, I found out I could just do like direct deposit. So <laughs> it was like, just send this off somewhere. I don't even want to have it in my, cause it wasn't real. It just never was real to me, but it, it, it was big cause you're by yourself. But you just have to have good. I had just that team was so mature. They were professional. The head coach was everything was just so good. And they had it so good for you. They had good leadership. But I don't know. And you just focus on football. And we was all about winning in, in, in Denver and team. And everybody had to be accountable for for the other one. And it was just it was really hard to to mess up in Denver. They just had it down. That's probably one of the most professional teams I've ever played for. And it showed by us winning and every everybody loved each other and everybody helped each other. It was, it was amazing. But, you know, I went through something crazy. Like I'm starting at like the end of my, my first year and they're talking about me good on TV, sports and all this. And I go into my 
Second year, first preseason game, I ruptured my patella tendon in my left knee. And it was like, they're like, you know, you just could be career ending. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is, this is crazy. It just got started. Yeah. So that was a big challenge to come back from, from that knee in, injury. But did you have to have surgery and everything? Oh yeah. I had to have, I had to have surgery. How long were you? The ruptured uh, patella tendon. So, um, I mean, when it happened, it was so crazy because at that point, it was like my mind and my body was so connected when I was in Denver, when I just, I got it together and I did a little tweak adjustment, I figured out. And it was like, nobody could catch a ball on me. You couldn't get off the line. It was like that. My my mind tell my body what to do and it was on. And then, bam, my knee. No, I can't move it anymore. It's done. I'm sitting there. My mind... I'm seeing my leg move, but it's like, wait, it's not, nothing's happening. So I like lost that connection with, 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 you know, mind, body, with my knee. And that was the biggest thing to get back from that surgery. Because if my mind was no longer like quick telling my, you know, body what to do, it was, it was just weird. But that time off gave me time to like uh, build my body up because like I said I was just a little skinny kid so I built my body up for a year and it got me prepared for like those 11 years I played but the amazing thing about my knee injury when the doctors went in it was like hey man we don't understand how you was playing on this knee they said it was so bad my knee had been bad before high school and even getting into college, one of my teammates said, he said, Tori, you know, they're going to check your knee. You're not going to be able to, you know, get past it and you might not be able to get a scholarship. I don't know how I did, but I got past the NFL. <laughs> I mean, I got past the college doctors and the NFL for the exam because it, my knee was so bad. It would blow up on me. All I had like, um, Patella tendonitis, like really bad, like to where when I was in high school, I couldn't take it no more. I'm telling my mom, I'll say, mom, we have to go to the emergency room because the coaches are telling me to put ice on it and do these little exercises, but nothing would help. So I'm sitting in the emergency room twice in high school because my knee was just that much pain, but it was nothing seemed like anybody could do. And I just learned to play with that pain and my knee was just all already like messed up riddled. Like if you, if, if you go back and look at my high school and college film, I ran with a limp and everybody was like, man, why you run with a limp? Why you run with a limp? So I have to make up something because I can't tell them, you know, my knee is messed up. Right. But, but it was just to like some things I know that nobody really understand and know. And I never told them it's, it, it, it makes me proud that I, just I went through it and I didn't complain. I didn't tell anybody. It was just I had to do what I had to do. And it was almost perfect timing when I ruptured it in Denver because I already proved that I could play. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once a player gets hurt, yes, once a player gets hurt, it's like they don't know what they got. They don't know if he's going to recover from it or whatever. And that was a long road really to prove myself again. And um, I look back at like things like that. That's what makes me proud of it. Not really the playing and the the winning and the Super Bowls and the rings and all that stuff and the honors, but just what I had to go through 
to get to that point. If people saw that and knew that, that's the amazing thing, you know? And isn't that wild that that had to be the private journey, right? That people don't get to see, but that's what you're most proud of. You know, I, I think that's... Oh, yeah. It's actually kind of cool to just remind people, like, we're all going to go through stuff and it's how you handle it that's going to grow you as a person and your character and who you are the rest of your life beyond your sport, too. And I also love that you took that time. Okay, my knee's busted. I got to get that better. But I'm going to take this time to work on the rest of my body too. You just didn't sit there and feel sorry for yourself. Like you took advantage of the time. But I do have to ask you because didn't that year that you were out, is didn't the Broncos win the Super Bowl? Oh my goodness, they won it. <laughs> but you know what, what, what kind of made me feel good though? When I got hurt, I'm looking at um, sports and it was like, well, Denver Bronco, and I was like, I couldn't believe they said it. Denver Bronco chances of going to the Super Bowl slim, you know, Tory Hurd or whatever. And I was like, whoa, they think that much about me. <laughs> so it kind of hurt me <laughs> even more. And then I watched him go on and win it. But the cool thing about this team in Denver, the players, because I could have stayed home. I mean, I'm in like a CPM machine. I don't know if you know what that is, where it bends your knee for like eight hours straight. And I had to how to sleep with this thing and I couldn't I mean it was it was painful it was crazy so the players was like hey for the playoffs we want Tory to come with us because he's out <laughs> he's having good luck John and I'm Aww. like whoa they still and I'm I'm young this is my second year and they and they said that so I went and you know they won it it was a I mean it was cool but it was like you know that's just that's just my luck or whatever you know I gotta I gotta make it tough and then coming back the following year, we went. But my knee injury really took me two years to get back to being the, the, the player that I know I could be. And so and then the next year, you know, I played and we went on again. But, you know, that was awesome. But getting ready after my knee treadmill and I'm running and I'm like, I'm finally running. I could run again. And here Rod Smith walked behind me and I'm thinking he's going to say, good job, Tori. He said, Hey man, quit limping. <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness, it hurt me so bad when he said that. I never told him, but that made me work even harder, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. Things people say is the way you take it, you know? Well, exactly. You can take it one of two ways, right? It can even fire you up or it can like totally break you. And I'm guessing it fired you up. It did. It did. I'm, I'm finally learning now. I heard this somewhere. It's like uh, fear is um, feeling excited and ready. And I'm like, because sometimes, you know, before every game, I would have fear. I have fear of like getting beat on a play or losing or whatever. You always have that fear. But, you know, now I learned that it's just one energy and you just is how you use it. And if you use it as you know, fear, feeling excited and ready, you could use that whole fear in a different way to help you instead of just where you hide and under it or something, you know? So I love that. Yeah. I'm writing that down. Use your fear to help you. I love it. Yeah. Well, okay. So you go through these and so you're having to sit on the sidelines. Awesome. Your, t- your team just sounds incredible. They wanted you to be a part of the playoffs and all of that. Your team wins the Super Bowl, and you're not there. You guys win the next year, but you said you didn't feel like you're 100%. Like, walk me through that season as you're coming back, but you don't feel 100%, but your team is doing really well. Yeah, they're still doing really well. And I'm like, I want to be out there so bad. I'm going to be out there, but I'm not 100%. And I'm looking at film where I'm limping and I'm doing this, but I got to be out there. 
it was tough and it made me strong because my team my teammates was just we were a team we was a straight up team um they didn't leave no man behind um but i did feel it's almost like you feel like a ghost you know it's like hey i'm still me but i don't know i don't know if they they don't know if I'm going to be me or they don't know how I'm already, you know, and it was still like taking it slow, but I'm ready to get back and take off running like I was. But, you know, it's a different year and different plans. They got guys and all that. But, you know, I still was out there playing, you know, made some plays, plays in the Super Bowl. But, you know, always you want to be out there more. You want to be out there every down competing. And it was just been an awesome team to like um, to stay with. But I know it was. I mean, it's football, it's sports, and when I moved on, it was good. It was When I look back now, everything was good. That's why now, today, what I do is I'm thankful for everything that happens because I know when I finally wait from it and look back, I'm going to be like, whoa, that was a perfect thing that could happen. It was had to happen like that. It was good. It built me. It made me who I am today. So my career has been, golly, tough. It was more tough than, than anything. Um, but what do you think? I mean, because I just I mean, the NFL in general sounds tough. Like we were talking about most people don't last past a year and a half. What was so hard about it is that because I know you went to you were on four different teams. Three. Three. Well, you went to the Patriots, but didn't play for them, right? Yeah, well, that was I went. Um, I, I'm playing golf. I'm at home. And, and um, <laughs> it didn't. I, I had to go because uh, Bill Belichick called me. I'm like, what? Gotta go. <laughs> it's like, hey, man, you come out here and, you know, because I knew they had the guy, um, a cornerback. She was like one of the best cornerbacks in the league. And he was holding out. So I was kind of like, okay, you hold out. We got Tory. But he came back like right before the first preseason game or something like that. And he just was like, hey, man, if we need you, you know, we'll call you. I'm like, hey, thanks. It was cool. So it was a good opportunity to, to go watch see the Patriots and that was a year no so I'm at home in the Patriots going like 18 19 and 0 <laughs> that year and I'm like what is going on so like deep down I was kind of like rooting for him to lose the Super Bowl <laughs> <laughs> but, but but um I got to see how professional this team was I got to see the coaches the players I got to witness Tom Brady and here I'm in the locker room I give these guys all ultimate respect. I'm going to practice. I see this guy running around the stadium. I'm like, okay, I'm leaving practice. There's Tom Brady running around the stadium. So I'm like, everything this guy has, every, everything he's got, the awards, he deserves it because I saw it in action. He outworks everybody. So I'm in the locker and Tom Brady's like, hey, TJ, what's up? I'm like, this is amazing. But I got to see that. It was so awesome, but I didn't stay with him because after, I think this guy, Asante Samuel, after he came back, I was gone. So that's how that was. Well, kind of going back to what we were talking about with how hard the NFL is, like kind of walk me through that. What makes it so difficult? Why is it so tough? It's fast. It's so, I mean, so lightning fast. Like in college, I could like bait a guy. I call it baiting a guy. I could make it look like he's open but he's really not open. And by the time the quarterback throw the ball, I'm already making up that step. So I remember the first practice, Elway's out there and I try to bait Elway. And soon as I'm like trying to bait him, I look the ball, the wide receiver already has the ball. I'm like, whoa, 
<laughs> you can't do that. You got so it's just making an adjustment in everybody in the NFL. It's good. Everybody. You can't take a playoff. Like in college, it would be some games where I go into a game. I'm like, I know they're not going to try me. They're not going to throw on me. So I would have a game where I don't even get dirty. In the pros, it doesn't matter. And everybody, from me, from my point of view, everybody's bigger than me. And I got to tackle guys a lot bigger than me. I'm like, maybe I got up to the most was probably 190. And you got running backs like 230. You got wide receivers that's 220. Everybody's big. Everybody's strong. And if you're not physically and mentally ready, you're just not going to last. And the hitting, the pounding that your body takes every week. And it's just amazing that guys could do this week after week. And I look at it now, these guys, everybody looks like bodybuilders. There's no way I don't think I could play right now with these guys. They're just too big. Well, and I mean, you started most of the game. I mean, like throughout your career, you started a lot. Like, what do you give credit to for your longevity? Because not many NFL players last very long. And you went, what, 11 seasons, you said? 11. That's amazing. Like, what do you credit that to? Uh, Just hard work, dedication, drive, and just willing to do what you have to do and just not ever giving up on your goal. Because it was, um, I remember uh, before I got hurt, uh, from some kind of I heard or whatever, Mike Shanahan was like, because you don't know really when you get a player. Mike Shanahan was like, we got us a pro bowler. And he was talking about me. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. So when I got hurt, man, this is crazy. So it took me nine years to make the Pro Bowl. So normally in your ninth year, you're going downhill. I just felt like I always had something to prove. I still have something to prove. <laughs> and while I'm there, I just gave it uh, my best shot. I, I had so much fun doing it. I, I love the game and I love to compete and Really, in my mind, I feel like I could do anything. You know, I remember one reporter asked me when I was a rookie, he was like, hey, Tori, um, do you feel like you're the best cornerback on this team? And I was like, man, why would this guy ask me this? I don't want to come on this team and already starting something. And I was like, I feel like I'm the best on the team. And I was like, I hope everybody else that I'm playing will feel like they're the best because that's the type of players I want to play with. That's a good answer. Yes, I always felt highly about my skill, what I can do. I don't care what anybody's saying. To me, if anybody tells me I can't do it, that's the worst thing you could tell me because I'm going to prove you wrong. The best thing you could do with me is say, tell me how good I am. Because I'm not, you know what I'm saying? You tell me I can't do it, I'm going to find a way to prove you wrong. I've just always been like that, even if it's something, especially if it's something I set out to do. I just love coming back to see people's face Kind of like to change them. Like, you don't know. Just like watch it, watch stuff unfold and then which for the best. But I just I like doing that to people. I don't know. I feel like we're a lot of like that way. <laughs> I love how you keep talking about how you just you made this choice to enjoy it and to have fun and playing the game the whole time where a lot of people I feel like in whatever sport you're in. 
whatever level, people can get really distracted by the pressure, um, the outside things, what, you know, there are certain expectations they put on themselves, whatever it is, and they lose the fun and they forget what it's like to love the game again, you know? And, and I love that that just seems to be your ongoing message you're sprinkling throughout this was this unwavering belief and you love to play. And I, I just, for the listeners, I just really want to remind them that like, just sometimes if it, if it gets to feel like it's too much, go back and remember why you're doing it. Because you love exactly. to play. And that's so important. I, I kept it with me. I kept it with me. And to me, the reason I'm playing is for family. Um, like my brothers and sisters are older than me. And I watched them growing up. Um, I got one brother younger than me. And I watched, I'm in high school. I'm like one of the fastest guys on the high school team. My brother come out there and like, come on, let's run. And he makes me look bad. I get in college. I'm one of the fastest guys on my college team. My brother, come on. Let's go run. Make me look bad. So they always humbled me. And I felt like I was the last one of my siblings that had an op- opportunity. So I was going at it for different reasons. It wasn't even about me because I always felt like my brothers were bigger, faster, stronger than me. That just for whatever reason, you know, didn't have the opportunity that I had. And here I am. I got the opportunity. So all my teammates from college to the pros, they know about my brothers. That's who I looked up to. They're like, who's your favorite player? Oh, more of my brothers. I watched them play because they were always better than me. And I always looked up to them. And to really do that for them, like for them to be proud. And um, that's what it was for me. It wasn't about money and all that stuff. It was about like getting my mom. I wanted to, every little kid, I don't know, for me, where I come from, I'm going to buy my mom a house. Everybody said, but I actually got an opportunity to do that. And just to make them feel happy, just to like thank them for, because I learned everything from them, you know? Yeah. I learned discipline, hard work, uh, to be honest from my mom. And I watched my brothers and sisters, how they handle themselves. So it was like a gift to them for, I don't know, loving me the way they did and me like showing my love to them. And um, that's pretty special. Yeah. When you have that, you can't lose. So in everything that I got just for loving them and wanting to see them happy, I feel like everything I got, it was just extra, you know, because I always tell my mom, like my first Super Bowl ring, I was giving it to my mom because for everything she meant to me. And my mom was like, I can't accept that. Give it to your dad. So I give it to my dad and my mom get mad with me for giving it to my dad. Like, <laughs> you told me to give it to him. But it was so cool. So that ring had like the new logo, the Denver Bronco with the one horse on it. And it was a beautiful ring. The next year we win it again. This ring has two of the logos on it too. So it's like you give and you receive. It's like she gave that one away and she got double. <laughs> and I always laugh at my dad. I'm like, she got one with two on there. So I just tell him, you're probably the only parents that have each have your own Super Bowl ring. That's so cool. Yeah. And now, you know, they, they passed away now and it passed down. I gave it to my uh, my son and my daughter. So they have them. And people are like, why you don't keep the, the stuff for yourself? I'm like, I'm me. I, I experienced it. I don't need that. If this could bring joy to other people. You know, I got another brother. He, he's got an AFC championship ring. And I know the feeling he gets when he wear it. You know, to me, I don't need a ring to feel it. You know what I'm saying? So to have them feel that feeling and they deserve it. You know, I, I love that. That's what I do it for. I give away everything. 
Well, I want to ask you, maybe, I don't know if we've talked about it or not, but I want to hear two sides. I'm going to hear the flip sides of this. What was the hardest or worst moment in your football career? It had to be when everything was just set for me. And I I told my uh, patella tendon and it was like, how could this happen right now? It's like the timing was so off. I'm just getting started. But then again, it turned out to be the best thing that happened to me, because I think if I wouldn't have got hurt early on, I don't think my body would have held up as long as it, it did. Because I was like a little skinny guy. And I, I was after that year of uh, lifting weights, I was stacking everything in the gym. I was bench pressing 400 pounds. And back then, a cornerback lifting 400 pounds was like crazy. So I got strong. And when I came back, the coach was like, man, I think you got faster. So I worked on everything and it was able to clear my mind and just to really like, okay, I'm going to just go at this 100 percent. You know, I'm going to stay focused and stay out of trouble and just keep to myself and stay quiet. So it it was the worst thing, but it switched because my mom told me something way to veil to have surgery. I'm laying on my back. I'm looking at these beautiful mountains. Oh, this is so beautiful. But I'm going out to have surgery. And just my mom just always knew what to say. And it just snapped me from feeling sorry for myself to, okay, it's time to get to work. If my mom say it's time to get to work, it's time to get to work. <laughs> because she didn't she didn't play around. I could have a game in college where the reporters are like, hey Tori, you got another shutout you know, for the season. And my mom say, Tori, you, you let this guy catch a ball on you. <laughs> and my mom, it's like a five-yard route he caught on me. That's nothing. But she didn't care. So they always kept me grounded and humble. Like, you know, and I kept that with me my whole um, football career. Like when I first, I first got drafted, I'm in Denver and I, I got the same shoes that I have from college and they're all busted and they're all looking nasty. <laughs> and that's just who I was. And then one of the guys looked at me, he said, Tori, you know, you can go buy you some more shoes. Right. And then I clicked out of that. I'm like, you know what? I can, but my focus was just so on like playing ball. And really what I wanted to do is I wanted to get 10 years in. I felt like if I got 10 years in, that's like my goal. That's like my gold medal. They had a guy named Toy Cook. When I went to Denver, he was in his 10th year and I watched him for the Saints because he used to play for the Saints. And I'm like, whoa, dude, you got 10 years in the NFL as a cornerback? And me, I'm young. I'm like, hey, man, you think I could get 10 years? And he was like, yeah, Tori, before you look at it, you're going to be the old man in the locker room. <laughs> Just like he said, the blank of an eye. People like start calling, hey, old man, I'm like 32 years old. But, you know, I got 10 and I did one more and it was like bonus round. (laughs) Yeah, it it really was. And then I and then I got to go see New England and how they do it. You know, it's like a little paid vacation, really, because I was just there for like in case he don't show up, you know. Well, on the flip side, I want to ask you to you personally, not necessarily the greatest win or anything like that. But to you personally, what was your greatest moment in your football career? I'm not. Wow, that's hard. I know. Greatest <laughs> moment. I'm asking the good ones today. Okay, I'll tell you my greatest moment. And it's like, I don't know if it's a moment, but it's, I broke my ankle when I was in Oakland. Three games left in the season. 
And we already knew we was going to the Super Bowl. You know, we knew it. And I, I had like a, and it don't have nothing to do with the incentive, but I had incentive in my contract. If I play 88% of the plays, you know, I get this or that. And my agent called me and the first thing he said was, Tori, I think if you don't play the last three games, you're not going to get your incentive. And I was like, what? I worked hard for this. He said, well, what you can do, you could have them plate your leg and you could just see how you, how you do. They put a plate in my leg. The next week I come back. Are you serious? Yes, to show the coaches that I'm ready to play. So the coaches are just like, yeah, whatever, come on. We could go try you out before the, before the game. I went out there. I'm looking good. I'm running. And even shocked myself. I'm like, whoa. And he was like, nah, I don't care. We're holding you out because we need you for the playoffs. So I came back the last regular season game. And announcers was like, this is a miracle. This guy broke his leg and he's back in like 13 days or whatever like that. But I had two things on my mind. I'm like, I've been through this Super Bowl thing with Denver. I am not missing this. This is, I'm doing it. So I play the last game of the season and all throughout the playoffs. We make it to the playoffs, but we lose to Tampa Bay. But I got a plate in my leg. Plus, I had a good game. I felt like I did what I had to do. You know, we could have won. So for me to play in that game was just like, I don't know, you know, even though we lost, I felt good that I came back, went through the pain because just to practice after I did that, I used to have to take so much stuff just to practice. So after the Super Bowl, we lose. I take off my cleats. I could not wear cleats no more. The, the, The next time I put on cleats was when I signed with Cincinnati Bengals. They don't know this. Our first practice, that was the first time I could, I was able to put on cleats. My ankle hurt that bad, but I endured it and I stuck it out until the season was over. And when the season was over, I couldn't do anything else. It was like I barely could walk on it. So to me, and it was all me doing it. Nobody else knew or whatever, you know, that was like the, the greatest thing. And it was a loss and we lost the game. But for me to even go through that and make it through. And then it was so cool. We had another guy break his um, ankle, the other cornerback. So both of us had plates in our leg. So the doctors would come to me and say, Tori, can you go talk to him to let him know that he can come back and you did it? So I was like, whoa, that's amazing. The doctors want me to talk to somebody to get them on like the same mindset I am. And, and he did. He came back and we both played. To me, that was like the, the greatest moment. Another greatest moment was me listening to the coach and deciding to like put basketball, like forget about basketball and play football. Because I used to walk into the gym, basketball games, and our team went to state. They won state. It was just, it was crazy. So they would come and it would be like, Tori, man, we need you. We needed you on the team. If we, if we had you, the game wouldn't be that close. And I was like, whoa, this is, this is crazy. But still to this day, if I could, I wouldn't change anything, but basketball is still my um, sport that I love to this day. Do you still play like on the side, just on your own? I used to, but with my knee, the way it is, it, it's, it's, you know, it'll blow up on me and things like that. So I'll shoot around. I like shooting around. And I got a son that's, that's playing. So I uh, kind of lived through him, you know. That's cool. Well, what are, what are you doing now that you've retired? I, I'm a full, like, uh, 
what do you like a, a stay home dad with my kids? Oh, look at you. That's awesome. Something that I couldn't do when I was playing. And um, I was married once before. So I kind of like that's the only thing I regret about football. But it's not, you know, it's that I couldn't spend the time that I wanted to with uh, my, my kids. My first two. And I get to do it now. And, and I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Tori, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing just your passion. I mean, I love, I just, I love your mental, your mindset. I love your passion, your gratitude. You're always so thankful for every opportunity, good and bad. I love that you showed us your purpose that's beyond yourself, your unwavering belief in your dreams. I just really thank you for sharing all of that. I think it's absolutely inspiring. I think it's going to teach uh, a lot of the athletes listening today. I hope so. I hope so. I, I loved when um I, I, I listened to your interview and it was like, it's you talking, but I, I just knew, I just felt it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just, I guess that's just uh, an athlete thing. I don't know. But I, I felt it and I knew exactly what you, you didn't have to say it. And I knew what you was talking about. It was awesome. That's so cool. We're like the mind meld. (laughs) I love it. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. It was awesome. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show. This allows us to keep bringing on amazing guests. And it also helps other athletes to find this show. Make sure to check out the show notes to follow us on social media and learn more about our awesome guest. To hear all of our amazing episodes, head on over to thepursuitofgold.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Pursuit of Gold is proud to be a Podigy production. That's all for now. Make sure to tune back in next week.